0: Hello, and welcome to Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate, a show about buying and selling homes in Montana and the power realtors and power lenders that make that happen. We are your hosts, Colleen Wood.
1: And I'm Alicia Retz. Each week, we will discuss the housing market, how to navigate it, and what questions you need to be asking yourself along the way. But that's not all. We
0: will also dive into how to navigate the ins and outs of being leaders in business and how to build a robust and dynamic team within that business and navigating the world as a career-driven professional, all while raising a family.
1: Join us as we share our highs and lows in real estate, business ownership, and motherhood. Hey guys, we are so excited to be joined today by Pollyanna
0: Snyder, licensed partner and broker with Engel Volkers here in Bozeman. Hi, Pollyanna.
2: How are you? Good afternoon, Miss Colleen. I am so excited to be here. I'm, I'm so excited. excited
1: to pick your brain, get your insight. Yeah. Okay. So how long have you been in Montana?
2: I've been in Montana. I'm on my 13th year. And oh. This is the longest I've ever lived anywhere. My dad was in the military and we moved a lot growing up and, You know, going away to college and, but this is the longest I've ever lived anywhere.
1: I'm always curious. How did you find Bozeman? How does anyone? I know. That's (laughs) what I'm always curious about. Like, it's just such this little tucked away area, but people seem to find it. And 13 years ago, it wasn't really on the map like it is now.
2: No, it wasn't. But it was, um, we had an opportunity to come here. Of course, 13 years ago, the real estate market was very different. Sure. We were well into the middle of the recession. As I always said, you couldn't give a house away with a gold brick. Mm. I wanted the gold brick, but oh my Lord, don't give me a house <laughs> Right <laughs> for free. Don't give me a house. Yes. I don't need a house. And at the time when I first moved here, I was actually doing some consulting work with developers. I started real estate in Southern California in the late nineties, worked there for eight or nine years, moved to North Carolina for two years to work for a developer, moved to Telluride, Colorado for two years to work for a developer. And then the real estate market died. Mm hmm and had a great opportunity to come to Bozeman, came up to take a look at the town, was enamored with the downtown. My undergraduate degree is in historic preservation and I was very impressed with how the town had maintained the emphasis that they have on that downtown core. And I saw a lot of possibility. I love being in a small university town as well. Yeah, And there's just a vibrancy to that. And it was a combination of things that, that brought us here. But ultimately, if I had to sum it up in one thing, And I think it's the same reason why most people move here. It's about quality of life.
1: Completely. That's why we moved back. I mean, to be able to raise our family here, it's easier. There's good people. There's kindness. There's good schools. And the quality of life is just better here. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you came back to Montana and then you guys, you and your husband, Brett, you've started a brokerage. So talk to us about that. Why did you start it? What made you think that that's what you wanted to do?
2: Tell us all about that. Well, at first, I didn't start a brokerage. Okay, I did upon moving to Montana. I did quickly acquire my real estate license.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I currently hold three now. Wow, I used to have a fourth, and um, I'm a broker in California and in Montana. Now, broker in Montana and North Carolina, and still an agent in California. And at first, I hung my license with a real estate brokerage here in town. Uh-huh. But that was after a couple of years of living here, because again, I worked more as a consultant with some developers who were buying. Sure large developments for mm-hmm. pennies on the dollar wow. understanding that they probably might not sell a piece of real estate for five six years wow we didn't know where the economy was going <laughs> right. that time.
0: imagine that yeah
2: yeah it's so, crazy. so what kind of marketing and sales strategy do you put in play when that's what you're seeing you know when that's what the runway is looking like right now so i kind of focused on that really focused on my kiddos when mm-hmm. we moved here they were five and eight
1: Oh, that's how old mine are right now. Five great, and eight. I want great to age. I'd say all the time, I want to pause time. I love this age yeah. so much. It just gets faster and faster. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> 17 and 20. Their birthdays are the exact same week and they're getting ready to flip. Oh, oh my god. So gosh. they'll be 18 and 21. Oh, oh. Yeah. I know. I tried binding them. I tried not feeding them.
1: Yeah, right, (laughs) yeah. I told my kids that. As soon as they're taller than me, which is probably going to be like six months, they're grounded for two years. Just kind of keep
2: them. That's it. keeping them in the dark. It didn't work. So went to work uh, in 2012 for a great local brokerage here. Worked with a couple of brokerages. Started my own. Had a small independent company. What was that called? Uh, That was called Montana 406.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: Then in 2016, actually... My former broker in California, who was with Engel & Volker, said, you know, do you have anyone in Montana? And he said, no. <laughs> Probably didn't even know where Montana was. So they started courting us. We started courting them. That was kind of February of 2016. And then we ultimately didn't make the decision until around Thanksgiving of 2016. I just woke up wow. one day and said, we're going to do it. Having owned a, a local brokerage, I, I wanted something... Not only that was national in flavor, but I wanted something that was truly international. Yeah, And Engel & Volkers was in, I think, 32 countries before the U.S. Whoa. Wowza.
1: And just offer so many things as far as software, marketing, where it's just easier to get that all in one place. Platforms. Yeah. Yeah. And they
2: have a lot of, Stuart Siegel who started Sotheby's, works for Engel & Volkers. And you have a lot of the best of the best brains that came out of, you know, as well, who owns a lot of franchises around the country so they were able to they didn't have to undo anything they were able to start from scratch wow and so the platform is is exciting for me absolutely
0: that's so great I hear a lot of realtors talking about needing to have that global presence yep. and how really that really is important I feel like we have a more of a global neighborhood anymore we don't really have I mean people are going in and out of all these different countries and traveling a lot more fluidly than they than they did in the past and actually owning real estate in multiple countries so That's super exciting.
2: We really, you know, when I or my husband and I travel around the country or or go to different events, even outside of the country, we are always sought out. Mm -hmm. People it's like, oh, you're those people from Montana. You're those people. (laughs) Do you live near John Dutton?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. Actually, we all do. We all all know a John, well, minus the killing. Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: you know, Montana is really a major player on the global map right now. Sure.
1: Especially for the luxury stuff. Being on the international scene is really, really big. And land,
2: think about all the places around the country where you can't own more than... Either the house you're living in, mm-hmm. you know, Europe, there's not a lot of land for sale. You don't have land, right? No. You're I've right. been surprised you're at the prices. A five hundred year old home attached to another five hundred. Yeah, yeah,
0: I've been surprised at some of the prices because I've, you know, spent some time on your website and kind of, you know, traveled on out into your website into the into some of the international places that just kind of excite me, and I'm surprised how expensive it is. And you're right, the sizes of the land is, is just not available.
2: Right. So absolutely, the concept of land is still an anomaly associated with, you know, the United States. Yep. Yeah. And people want that. Yeah. Personal
0: property. That's one of those rights that actually is pretty important here in the United States. Yes. So it's exciting.
1: Yes. <laughs> so you mentioned you work with your husband. Break down how your roles are different and how often you want to kill each other working together. <laughs> she just looked at her clock. <laughs> well... We
2: decided long ago that I was going to stay in sales, and, and we own four shops at Engle and Volkers. We call them a shop because you come in to buy real estate. Oh, I like that. And so we own uh, Bozeman, Big Sky, Livingston, and now Ennis. We're getting ready to open up a, a new shop there. That's really so smart. exciting. Very excited. Just down the street from Willie's. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's important. Yeah. Willie's Distillery, get your whiskey and your real estate. It's your big horn and your homie, uh, yeah, your homie <laughs> In fact, my 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 parents live in Virginia, and and that was my dad's question. I mean, my father loves Ennis. If he mm-hmm. moved out here, I think he'd live in Ennis. And he said, "Well, so this new location, what is the relationship to the gun store or
0: Willie's?" <laughs> you can throw a rock and probably
2: hit it. <laughs> You can hit a baseball and hit the other one, but yeah. Um, you yeah. Can, you can throw a rock and hit Willie's. So he's very excited. Well, that's yeah. important. <laughs> yeah. That's what that means. But you know, working with a spouse can have its challenges. Sometimes when you go home, you're still at work. Yeah. And but we decided long ago that when I activated my license here in Montana, I was just gonna sell. Mm. I was gonna run the business side of the business. Mm-hmm. I enjoy being with people, putting the puzzle together, mm-hmm. figuring out all the nuances. So he runs more of the business. We actually technically do have two different office locations. Oh, oh I that's, know, that's key.
1: That's oh. really nice. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't do the like butt pinches as much in the middle of the day, but then you can do those later at night. Oh, we can't even <laughs> growl
2: at each other. <laughs> <laughs> so That's important. Yep. <laughs> so he does have a separate, I mean, he does need to come downtown here. Uh, generally, about once a day, but he does spend a lot of time in his other office, which is good. Mm-hmm. So right. That gives us some space. And then sometimes we have to come home and go, okay. Yeah. I'm done. Right. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. I have been solving people's problems all day.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. They don't need more. That's the same with like, having little kids and my husband. Oh. I feel like I'm always negotiating with somebody. I'm like, can we please just just, just drink not. your milk or just stop? <laughs> just yeah. listen for two seconds. And they get older. And yeah. They still negotiate. Oh, God
0: absolutely
1: just with them everyone for like three weeks straight break you know
0: i was hearing i heard um, this morning on a podcast that i was listening to about how important it is as leaders and people that are doing all the things that we're doing in the day and people pleasing and and talking to people and negotiating and having all those conversations you know doing dealing with any sort of conflict of any kind like that the people that you allow in your world you shouldn't allow them to bring you garbage Mm -hmm. because you know you we give so much and people just continue to bring us garbage and more problems to solve they're not giving us anything. We're giving everything to them and they're never giving anything back. I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting perspective. Some people are just real time sucks and real energy sucks. Energy vampires. Energy vampires. And we give so much energy to other people. It's so important for us to preserve what's left for us
1: mm-hmm.
2: and for our families. Today, after you know, 24 years of this, about 80% of my business is by referral. And I intentionally designed it that way. Yeah. It's always what I wanted because I learned early on I've always wanted to have the sign out in front of my office that, you know, like the kind of the caution or the yield signs and it has a donkey on it with a big X. And because I realized that, that when you, those energy vampires. Yeah. Jackasses refer other jackasses. Absolutely. So I always have wanted a sign that's, you know, a jackass-free zone. No, absolutely. (laughs) Your,
0: Your clients, the clients you close are the ones that will breed more clients exactly just like them. So, yeah, you have to be real, real careful who you decide who your client is. You
2: know, it's a really, I always say that in this business, and most people do not understand what we do.
1: They think it's easy. We talk about that a lot. Oh my gosh, you just get to see pretty homes all day. And I'm like... And then celebrate the wins. No, it's exhausting.
2: (laughs) The pretty homes I see every day could fit into my pinky fingernail. Oh, (laughs) But we're always meeting someone at a crossroads. Sure. So it's high finance and it's high emotion. Uh, They're getting married, they're getting divorced, they're upsizing, they're downsizing, they're being relocated. They're moving parents into assisted living, settling estates. And so it's... Sure. Very high emotion, and that's really we're managing emotions and we're managing egos, and we're trying to stay sane mm-hmm. in the process. And you know, when you take high emotion and high finance, and it doesn't matter the price point, mm-hmm. whether it's three hundred thousand, it's three million, it's thirty million, it's all relative to that buyer or seller. Mm-hmm. And emotions are are very very high. So that, you know, that's adding a match. It really mm-hmm. is. To gasoline. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really what we do and understanding then the technicalities and the legalities of real estate. And then Colleen, and, and you know, in your position, we're like two trains going down a parallel path. Exactly. You know, my job and, and my client's position, whether they're a buyer or sale, seller, is very dependent upon the lender. Absolutely and making sure that you have a lender that does know what they're doing Mm -hmm. and does know and keep up with the ever-changing laws. I always say this is not a business to be done part-time. Oh, gosh, no.
1: I completely agree. I mean, I think you could make maybe a deal or two, get by for maybe maybe a year or two doing it part-time, but it just makes it harder on everyone, and you can't... I mean, you can make some extra money doing it part-time, but you're not doing your clients a service. If you, it, there's so much to know, like part of the lending, construction stuff, we have to be, know every single part of finance and, and obviously we're supposed to, you know, tell them to call somebody else for specific questions, but we need to be a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. And it takes so many years to get there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. I always say, I mean, every transaction, every buyer, every I- one of the things I absolutely love about what I do, every buyer, every seller, every transaction is totally different. I say the mm-hmm. same thing all the time. We're That's learning. It gets me out of bed every day. Right. I, used to, I used to do government contracting for, oh. in the aerospace industry and in DC and talk about wanting to... <laughs> Jump yeah, off a
0: cliff. Same, 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 same. All the time. We talk about it all the time too. It's like every single transaction, we learn something else. We learn something different, and or our guideline has changed. And we have to, you know, change and and m- manipulate and do the things that we need to do in order to make it happen. It's very exciting. It's very mind stimulating. I love it. I love oh, I it, too? you know, at the end of the day though, we're, we're tired. <laughs> <laughs> we're tired from using our brain all day long.
2: <laughs> and solving problems. It's always putting the puzzle together. It's yes. the puzzle that I love. Mm-hmm. I love the puzzle.
0: So, in part of that, I mean, you know how to put the puzzle together. So, you, I mean, you have a team of realtors that that you're leading, that you're teaching them how to uh, solve the puzzle as well. So, talk to us about your about your team and your realtors and yeah, how, how many do, you, do you have right now? Yeah, how many how, how many realtors? A great question. <laughs> Start counting on our fingers and toes. <laughs> you know,
2: I think um, here in Bozeman, I think we're mm, around twenty-five or thirty. That's a lot. And I'm good with that. I'm, mm-hmm. That's I'm a not good size. I'm interested in being a, a really big shop. No. Right. I'm, I'm all about uh, quality versus quantity. Uh-huh. You know, we, at least we used to have it, you know, you could have a gas station on all four corners and they could all do well. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to be everything to everyone. Uh, yeah. Heck no. <laughs> That's
1: a big learning <laughs> Heck thing. Heck no. That people take a long, a long time, time to people understand that. Yep. So you're there. That's Great.
2: It takes a long time to learn that. Yeah. Not, because I used to be that. Mm-hmm. I used to drive all over. Mm-hmm. Hell and back again. <laughs> Hell and back again. So I, I tell new properties. agents, so
1: I think a lot of people, that's where you have to start though. You can't just go and say, oh, I'm only going to do luxury real estate. That's just not realistic. So I think you have to, yeah, really crush it out for a while to be able to get what you want. I'm
2: a huge believer that, you know, especially when you're new and, and I've had people throw barbs at me, but you know, for the first two or three years until you've done, you know, your first maybe 40, 50 transactions, you shouldn't be a listing agent.
1: Mm-hmm. I actually agree with that. I completely agree with that. Maybe 50 is a lot, but I think at least 20, at <laughs> least
2: 20. you got to get them under but your even, belt. And
1: it, even 20 is not that many transactions. to understand how real estate really works.
0: Well, especially as how much they can vary, you know, 20, I guess, I mean, I'm not a realtor, so I have no, (laughs) I have no business saying anything, but I guess I'm kind of leaning towards with Pollyanna on that. You know, I mean, I think about all the loans that we write and things, and and how long it really takes for somebody to have really enough experience to to kind of be where they don't need to be monitored regularly. And so the listing side of it, sure, for sure. I mean, you're leading well, the, the
2: exposure level, sure, the risk level, mm-hmm. um, is so much greater
1: mm-hmm.
2: on the listing side.
1: Yep. Yeah, you never have a buyer who's ready to call and like yell at you. It's always on the listing side. <laughs> so, I mean, well, I mean, I've probably had one or two, but it's pretty rare. They're, they just are so excited about their new experience and the new home. On the listing side, they're so much more emotionally attached. They feel like they have less control. We're obviously in a seller's market, so it's a lot easier in some ways right now, but the listing side is where the headaches come in.
0: Well, and I would think that the people, you know, they're attaching themselves, you know, from the moment that they get an accepted offer, they're attaching themselves to the paycheck that they're going to receive. And whether that money is attached to another property or it's attached to another investment or or something like that or it's the return on their investment of the property either way. And if things change, inspection issues come up or that starts ticking away at that paycheck at the end of the day, it does become very emotional in a different way than it does on the buyer's side. It
2: does. Yeah. It does and it's, um, yeah, there's, there's a whole lot more risk for the seller. And when I work with other realtors or when I interview them for, you know, our shop, If you're in this business for money, Mm -hmm. you are in the wrong business. I cannot
1: agree with that more. It, you can feel it when, when you're with somebody or a car salesman, anytime you're being sold and someone's just enjoying their job and they're in the vibe and they're, you're just feeling that you're way more likely to want to work with them. But when you can feel they're desperate for the sale, you can just feel it and it feels gross and people don't want to be sold. They know what they want.
2: Those are usually the people that are in and out. I mean, most realtors are in and out of the business within their first two years, right? Mm -hmm. even in a you know, a strong ever seller's market. Yeah. This is not a business to be in for the money. Is it a good business? I mean, has it supported my family for 24 years? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. I I hope anyone's career can support their family. Right. Or themselves or or whomever, but this is definitely not the business to be in. If you're in it for the money, go Mm -hmm. find something else because it will chew you up and spit you out.
1: I think that's a really good advice that new agents cannot hear enough. If you're in it for the money, it just, it's not going to work. Right. Yep. So when
0: you're recruiting new agents into your brokerage, what kind of qualities do you look for in those
2: people? The number one, 97 out of the hundred number one points mm-hmm. is character. Yeah. Yeah. It is all about character. Mm-hmm. And we have... We have a great mix of character in our shops right now. It's not about what you've sold. Um, It's all about character. That's awesome. One bad apple. Oh, for sure. It's a cancer. Mm -hmm. It is a cancer. Mm -hmm. And a bad apple can be a cancer in your office, it can be a cancer in your shop, it can be a, a cancer anywhere, and then it breeds cancer with other people. So, number one, absolutely. It's character. Yeah.
0: I love that. I I love that. I completely agree. I mean, it just talks about how the good guy is going to win. The good gal is going to win. I mean, having good character, having integrity, having humility. Being able to come in and, and and work hard, do what's expected of you. I mean, those things are the things that are going to win out. And I love that. That's what you guys are looking for. You're not just looking for the big producer that comes in with a crappy attitude that makes everybody feel like garbage. Right. You know, I think that that when you're a broker and you're shopping for new for new talent, it would be hard not to be attracted to you know the, the shiny object, which would be that type of person next you to know, the. Jackass-free zone. <laughs> Next yes. to the
2: jackass-free zone. Is the no drama. <laughs> no drama. W- our industry is so drama. It, again, it's that high finance and high emotion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't bring it in. And typically, you know, those folks that have been in the industry a long time and uh, whether you want to call the uh, just their length of time in the industry, they come with a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: It's easy to get jaded and pissed off. With all the stuff we deal with, it's easy to like, I, you see that happening to people where they slowly get meaner and meaner the longer they've been in it. We try <laughs> like, to laugh
0: a lot. That's so great. I love that.
1: And we're, we're obviously love. in, we wouldn't be doing this if we weren't, for the, if we didn't get a paycheck, we wouldn't be doing this for free. Right. But life is only so sh- so, we have a short life. So if you're surrounded by bad people, it's not worth it. So if you surround yourself with good people every day, and you are a smaller shop, well, 30 is still pretty big. <laughs> but but that's but that's not, you know, a huge hundred agents. The fact that you're surrounded by good people, that's really what it's all about.
0: I think it would be really challenging to manage all of those personalities, especially all of them being salespeople, which we, we the three of us know the salespeople are we're weirdos. And, oh, yeah. and we have, you know, have a lot of stuff that we drag along, like, you know, personal expectation and, you know, imposter syndrome and all the things that we deal with as salespeople. How do you feel like that is when you have so many personalities in the office? Do they just all meld and you never have any drama ever? No problems? <laughs> Please say
2: no. <laughs> well, we I, I think we've done a fairly good job of of gravitating to working uh, with advisors in our shop that don't bring that drama because mm-hmm. we have really tried to weed that out. Yeah. I enjoy being a broker. I enjoy teaching. We have a a shop meeting every other week, every Friday. We try to do it every Friday. We do a level up learning in our um, shop and we do it, you know, online on Zoom for our other advisors to be able to run through scenarios and role play and and bring in other industry experts to talk about what's going on in the, you know, I'm going to really shout out to you, Colleen, because of some clients that I have in a, a VA loan we're trying to do. Yeah. And the other agents that these folks had worked with before or had interacted with totally had no clue. Had no clue, yeah. How the VA program has been revamped and how easy it is. And these folks ultimately didn't get the house they went for, but I think we have found them another one. Wonderful. um, But it was really, it was putting fact to fiction. And there were agents out there that these folks were interacting with that were so caught up in fiction and they didn't take the time to go get their questions answered.
0: And that's such a heartbreak, especially for our veterans out there that have the VA loan eligibility. You know, it's so important for the realtors that are that are listening out there to, and, and any veterans that, you know, that's the greatest service that we can do for our veterans once they've exited the military is that we allow them to access their benefits and and a VA loan is a part of that. Mm-hmm. And we should be super proud to be able to put veterans into homes and we should do everything we can to help them use that benefit. Right. So I'm honored to be working
2: with you on it. So, yeah. So characters first, it's doing a lot of training. It's doing a lot of role playing. I had one <laughs> ask me yesterday, you know, well, let's just do uh, you know, one of our learning sessions on, you know, different scenarios. I'm like, I got 24 years of scenario. <laughs> where, where would you like to start? <laughs> I don't even know
0: where to begin. How about you name one and we'll start there.
2: <laughs> we don't have enough time in your life to, to get through all these. But boy, I'll sure try. Yeah. And, you know, I always try to be at the other end of the phone call, I, you know, I was answering a you know, a very seasoned agent and, and, you know, we like to role play or we like to just, there are times when I need to ask somebody a question, just go, okay, I'm scratching my head. I know I'm not looking at this the right way. Right. There's so many different nuances. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was actually kind of a lending question. Mm -hmm. It was all about a holdback and, and, you know, what folks that move here don't necessarily, I mean, they know it, but they don't understand always the impact of repairs on a home. Yeah. Okay. Half the year, there are things that you can't do on the outside, of
0: the house. right? It's literally half the year, yeah. and then yeah. we spend the entire
2: other half uh, the yeah. year trying to chase people around to get them done. Right. Exactly. Right. So you know that was not an issue that we had in Southern California. No, it was a little bit in North Carolina and Colorado, but much more you know pronounced here. Absolutely. People are like oh. weather-related right. holdback oh, items. Oh, and why does the <laughs> Why does replacing the roof have to do with my loan and a holdback and you know yeah. so going through those scenarios, but yeah, uh, can we can we go through scenarios on my food? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So Again. then
1: do you hire on many new agents? I know you said characters number one, but are you open to like brand new agents? Because there's so much to teach a new agent, or you try to look for somebody with a few years of experience.
2: I prefer to have someone with experience unless we can partner you with an experienced advisor. Yeah. I think that education is just that's how I learned. It's just
0: irreplaceable. Oh. Like, I think of even the folks that are on my team, and it's like you're receiving a college level education. While getting paid right and it's always surprising to me how many agents are like nope I'm just gonna start out by myself and I don't need anybody to teach me anything oh my gosh mm. the agents that have have started out as an assistant to somebody and they've had the opportunity to ask the questions and to not feel dumb because you're just the you're just the assistant and be able to learn I mean what a gift I what a have, gift
1: I would have paid money to be able to follow you around seven years ago when I moved back I would mm-hmm. have paid to right. be like let me follow you and just be a fly on the wall for even a week, right? To just experience that. But if you could do that and, and really, really learn from somebody, that's the only way I think you right. can get ahead and down. help them write. You yes, know, watch
2: how do they write mm-hmm. a contract because every contract is different, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And how does it affect? Like, I'm going to say, what is it? Wednesday? Even since Monday, mm-hmm. so many questions I received just nuances in a contract on how to write something because what uh, another saying I I also have is. learned this from my grandmother years ago. She always said, everybody's on their best behavior when you first start dating. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I love your Southern roots. It makes me um, laugh. (laughs) So everyone's on their best behavior at the beginning of a transaction. Sure. Understanding what I write in a contract today, if it's going to close at the end of February, what I write today, the ultimate... Reward the ultimate site of what I write takes place at the end of February. Mm-hmm. And if you don't write it correctly now,
1: mm-hmm. ooh, ooh, that's a long
2: 45 days. Right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So uh, you still have major production that you do yourself plus managing everybody. Are you ever going to plan on like stepping that down a little bit? Because that is so much to handle to do as many transactions as you do. And then still be 30 agents that you're working with. Well.
2: My heart is—I love sales, and I love teaching sales. Right. Mm-hmm. I love running through the scenarios, and oh my gosh, I had this come up. Like even at our at our shop meeting yesterday, I brought up this scenario of the VA loan,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and how if you don't understand—I remember when I first activated my license in Montana, I went to my broker at the time, and I said, "Okay," and, and she knew I had a lot of experience in three other states. Right. And I said, "Okay, here's what I need from you." I need you to give me the top three lenders you would refer me to, top three home inspectors that you would refer me to. And then there were some other referrals. But I, you know, I know where my bread buttered. I know what the key integral parts of my business are. And I went and I called them mm-hmm. and introduced myself to them and said, I, you know, I need to sit down and talk to you. Oh, it was title companies. Mm, sure that on. was another key one. And you know, here I was this person moving from out of the area and I had a new license and there were a lot of lenders that didn't want to give me the time of day. That blows really? my mind. I hear yeah. that a lot. I hear that did a lot. Did not want to give me the time of day. And then they did not want to give me their cell phones. And I said, I'm just going to let you know, you're going to regret this conversation. Good wondering. for you. I said, I, our job, we are on when everyone else is off.
1: Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you be so respected? Like, who is this person who's calling me out of nowhere, who wants to meet with me? They clearly have their stuff together and they're motivated. It is
0: very infrequent that I get, I get a call with from a realtor who wants to make some new connections. But when I do, I'm like,
1: oh, they've got it.
0: Oh, I mean, they've got it and they have have great questions. I'm always very careful. Like I don't want to give realtors, I don't want to give them like, this is how you do my job kind of like guidelines on everything because unfortunately guidelines change all day, every day. And what we've learned is that when we are spitting out guidelines to realtors, they, they take a lot of really great mm-hmm. notes. They're good little students but then they go and they tell their clients that and then the clients come to us having been educated by the realtor and then we have to say, you know, actually things are a little different now and that was current at that point, but then it kind of creates a little blockade. <laughs> but it's three o'clock
2: in the afternoon and that was noon. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's changed since this morning. Right. So, I mean, you know, so I, I think part of what I try to do with realtors is just to say, you're going to have lots of questions. We're here. We can answer your questions. Please direct any questions you have to us. Let us help. Yeah. Um, I think that that's most important because a lot of times when I get new realtors that come to talk to us, they come with no notepad and paper wanting to write down guidelines. Yep. No,
2: that is not. And that's not, I learned early on that your job is your job and my job is my job. And 100%. I need you to just do what you do. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to do my job and I don't need to do yours. Mm-hmm. But that's why I wanted, I wanted to understand who the lenders were in town that I could reach.
1: Be the source of the source. Saturday
2: afternoon at 4 p.m. Yep. Be the yeah. source of the that source. That I could reach at 2 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Yep. That I could reach um, at eight thirty at night, Mm -hmm. and when I got the oh, we don't give our cell phone, and and we work from nine to five, I'm like, you're just not the lender for me, right? Right? Because again, I'm on when everyone else is off. Yeah, and when you're at work doing your job, well, I'm also at work doing my job. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) twenty four hours a day, seven
2: days a week, even on Christmas. So that was that was a very valuable process, and and I was very frank with all of them at the time. I'm not looking to do your job. I just need to know how we're going to communicate and how long have you been doing this and what's been your experience? Because half of my job is dependent upon you.
1: Yeah. Right. I have to be able to refer good people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And reflects on you. So I struggled this year pretty bad with burnout starting October. I was just done. I've been going 500 million miles an hour. How do you survive burnout? Like what do you do to not burn out? That's a great question. Are you there? You burned out. You're like I don't know. I'll tell you. I'll tell you in a couple of years.
2: Well, part of that is my job working with really good people. You know, when I first work with a buyer or a seller, yes, they're interviewing me. I'm interviewing them. That is 100%. such a brilliant place
1: that you find that you've gotten yes. to. I feel like I've just now gotten there. That I can choose not to work with somebody. They're, That's a definite privilege yeah. and a place to get to. But what
2: what happens is, and I would do it now. Because again, you remember that sign with the donkey on it? (laughs) (laughs) I am going to get the sign for her. (laughs) When when you are working with everyone and trying to be everything to everyone, they're going to suck you dry, which means you miss working with someone else that's really good.
1: That's what we've talked about too, is you can have 12 amazing transactions going, but you have that one bad one and just sucks the life out of you. Mm -hmm. And I know every time I go to a listing appointment, even if it went great and they were kind and sweet, I can just see it in their eyes. These people are going to be a pain in the ass. You can just feel it immediately. They're listings that I don't take. Good for Mm -hmm. you. They're
2: buyers that I reintroduced to the
0: marketplace yep yep (laughs) i've done that as well sent them on their way realtors and 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 clients Mm -hmm. because you know if they're going to treat you poorly even from the beginning or even give you the idea that they're going to control the whole conversation they're going to control the transaction which makes me laugh right out loud because turns out uh, guidelines and conditions are not negotiable and you can tell from the beginning because it will be nasty all the way to the tail end and it's just not fun my spidey senses kicked up. Do you, remember, do you up.
2: remember what my grandmother said?
0: <laughs> <laughs> People are always on their best behavior on the first date. <laughs>
2: when they first Everyone's on their best behavior when we first start dating. Yes, no. they are. Yep. Yes,
0: they are. Or they're, I mean, they're just like raining in their nastiness and you can tell. Oh, you can and feel I've, it. I've told clients, I've said, you know, it's very clear that we're not going to make you happy. So I'm just going to go ahead and refer you down the street and uh, see if there's someone else that, that can make you happy because we're not going to be able to, to satisfy your requests. Right. Or if there's a realtor who's nasty, I will ask them to take their business elsewhere. Oh,
1: we had a whole podcast about that. We didn't say the name, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're nasty and not
0: happening. not Because, hap- yep. I mean, it's just like we talked about. I mean, it perpetuates your, your, your next business.
2: The bad business is not good. So, so go back To burnout out, though, it's, yeah. it's about choosing who you work with it's about setting expectations up Mm -hmm. front. It's not trying to be everything to everybody. And it is having that downtime. And that has, now we still, I mean, I still work 24 seven. Right. God gave us 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I had, as your children get older, I, I have children that are still, they're away at school playing sports and Very involved in the baseball and softball and and hockey communities here in Bozeman and in the state of Montana. I mean, I've written lots of offers, made lots of phone calls between here and Kalispell. I know exactly where my phone's going to drop, where I'm not going to get internet service, what I can do online now while someone else is driving, of course. Of course. (laughs) and We need a chauffeur. You know, what I can do. It was a real revelation one day. My son and I had gone to a, a baseball tournament near Memorial Day. Out in uh, Western Washington, we were driving back and I, you know, they went to the championship, they won the game, we left late, of course, we lost an hour coming back from Washington and by Missoula, I mean, I was just, I was blind, I was so exhausted. And so we actually pulled into the hotel that we stay at all the time in in Missoula. And my, (laughs) my husband and daughter had just checked out that morning. I think they just gave us the room that they had had. And, and I looked at them and they're like, oh, Mrs. Snyder, welcome back. And I'm like, look, like, I just need a room for about five hours. Oh I got to get gosh. back on the, on the road. I got to get him back to school. Pollyanna, and, staying in, in hotels, you pay for it by the hour. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just need an hour rate. I, I won't even shower. We'll, and we'll sleep in the same bed. And um, we were both so exhausted. Well, the next morning, get up and driving from Missoula to Bozeman, I was on the phone nonstop the whole time. Yeah. Pulled up to the high school and my son looked at me and he said, I think you just did a whole day's worth of work. Mm-hmm. On Missoula just back to Bozeman. I said, well, hurry up, get out of the car, get back to the office. <laughs> the office. Get, get out. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: you so. you seem to really balance that so well, though. I mean, we see you everywhere doing not only work things, but you're doing family things and you're present for your kids and you seem to do it so easily. How do you, I mean, I know you Take have all it. the years of experience, but I mean, I ran into you last night and she was on her way home to go like cook dinner. I had to go to
2: the grocery store first.
0: Uh, She went to the grocery store and then she cooked dinner. I'm like,
2: how did that work out? Because if I was cooking, we'd be eating chips and salsa. Yeah, same. We could have done that. We did finish the brie that was in the fridge. But that, you know, I don't know. Either one of my parents had a hot meal on the table every night. so. And I'm an empty nester right now, so it's just two of us. So I still have not mastered, though we have a lot of leftovers. I'm just not a leftover fan, mm-hmm. and so for probably the next three or four nights, we've got leftovers. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, it's a challenge. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, you seem to do it very well, and <laughs> a nice. lot of snoring on the couch by nine o'clock. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I barely make it till eight o'clock. No, but your kids are so well adjusted, and they know they're very aware that you're there for them, and that you love them, and it's obvious that you and Brett. You know, tag team that in a really classy way. It's like I some mean, days I love them, and some days he loves us. Some day, yeah. I mean, some days it's just not my day. But I mean, you guys are both there for them, and it just is just so cool. So that's
2: awesome. Well, that was really important. You know, we're in a different time now than, say, for instance, when our parents uh, went to work. You know, my dad was in the military, and my mom was a dental hygienist, and and they had so much time off each year. Right. I think she had two weeks a year, and that was it. I could have never supported my children in their sports if that's the position that i held in, in the job and the career that i had that was because one of the things
0: that was so uh, that was such a catalyst for change for me as well because i remember one year i was on a i was working for a lender but i wasn't i wasn't in charge of my own schedule and i had a certain amount of pto and i remember Rodin that year he was getting the ear infections in the beginning of the year and it was the middle of february and i had used all of my pto and it was such a depressing place to be. And it so was scary. used yeah. it. I had used it all on ear infections that he wasn't. I mean, he was fine. He just had a little low grade fever and he couldn't be in daycare. And I remember thinking, I have got to do something different. And I mean, I was if I took one more day, I was on the line for getting fired. And I will never be in that position ever again. Ever, right. ever,
2: ever. Right. So it's there are many offers that I've written. On I mean, vacation, on, on, on beach. vacation. Yep. yep. Again, on the road to Missoula, Helena, Kalispell, Whitefish, Glasgow. And I like putting that together. Like, do I have
0: cell service here?
2: (laughs) I mean, you just just get to know where, okay, I got to get this much done right here because I'm going to run out of cell coverage. Absolutely. I can't. I do look forward to those spots, though. Oh my gosh, she's lingering. <laughs> my
0: phone doesn't work. I can't possibly call you back. She's on the side of the road,
2: uh, no <laughs> taking wrong. a nap. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's just managing that. But yes, I do work seven days a week.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right now, I may go sit and watch a baseball game or hockey game and go back to the hotel and work.
1: I think it takes mm-hmm. a certain type of personality to be able to do it. I know a lot of people in my life would not be able to not have that time that's, oh, I'm off now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it takes someone who can handle a lot where like, okay, my brain can turn off for 20 minutes. Yeah, it might be one o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday, but I have 20 minutes now where I can just be me and veg on the couch. But, you know, at eight o'clock Monday night, I might be working. And it really does take a certain personality.
2: It does. And, and you've just got to, it takes a certain personality and you got to realize there there are benefits to that and, you know, embrace it. But there are many mornings I wake up at 3.30 in the morning going, oh, yeah, I got to do this. this
0: oh, we should have, we the, should have coffee then. We should have coffee then because I'm up too.
1: Yeah, that checklist you're constantly going through. God, do this, this, you know, I this. think so, uh,
0: you know, when you're in the industry that we're in, um, both sides of it. You know, every single thing that we do, whether we're sending an email or sending a text or responding to a voicemail or writing an app, you know, we're writing a contract or, you know, structuring a loan application. Every ounce of that is positive for us. You know, every th- phone call that I make is going to get me and my family farther down the line. And there's very few industries that give you such a direct correlation from your work to your benefit. Completely. And, you know, a lot of people that just have an eight to five and they work for somebody else. They're like, mm, it doesn't, make a, difference it how doesn't make a difference. If you
1: work those extra hours,
0: exactly, it's just not the same. But right. for us, it's a direct correlation.
1: Every hour extra you work, you you will feel a difference.
2: Absolutely, yep. absolutely. And and we live in an area with a lot of self employed people that yes. are just wired oh, yes. that way. Um, and that's great. And again, that going back to the, where I began this diatribe was, you know, how work is so much different today than it was for our parents you know, no longer are you going to work for the company, then you're going to have benefits and you're going to have retirement. You know, I, that just doesn't even exist. No,
0: no, you have to float your own boat. You have to do, you have to take care of yourself and make good
2: decisions for sure. I remember another, here's another funny Southern story this is my mother. You know, if my parents ever listen to this, they'll, my dad will have laugh <laughs> my mom. But I remember, I'm like, you know, I've probably been in real estate 10 years and, you know, we live on our cell phone, right? right. All of us do now. And, I remember, I, you know, I called my parents one day and said, "Hey, you know, we're getting rid of our landline." (laughs) Oh, yep. You have to know my mother. God love her. She said, "Well, (laughs) things must be really difficult." (laughs) I said, "Mom, I'm not." I can't pay my phone bill. (laughs) I'm not at home. And two, I'm just not at home. You're gonna reach me. Just call me. My cell phone. No, we're just we're throwing money. We we don't need it. I don't know, Pollyanna. Because I'm the oldest child. About five years later, my brother did the same thing, and oh gosh, we get it now. Oh good. good. (laughs) I'll never forget. We had a we had a landline in our
0: house, and we were sitting there one night at home having dinner, and we heard a ringing and we're like what is that nobody knew what it was and I'm like following I'm like oh my gosh that's what the phone sounds like right and I thought at that
2: point that was the time to let it go it's okay
0: it can be gone I didn't know what my phone number was
2: shoot it was no point in having that I've been trying for years they get they do have a cell phone which they barely know how to use and then they have a landline I'm like why don't you just take your landline number and just get another cell phone and you each have a cell phone I'll I might as well propose that they were sacrificing small
0: <laughs> rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> that is just harassing.
2: My brother's like, I'm glad you suggested. It. He goes, I'd love it if they did it because you know <laughs> they got to go home and check their messages.
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs> the answering machine! Remember, when you go to home and the answering machine, you're like looking, oh, looking, to, for, that looking for the for the mm. for the light to be flashing if anybody cared to call you. Yep, <laughs> yeah. literally, like, anybody? Nope, no calls. Please don't call me. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank you. It's really fun.
1: Thank you for joining us today.
0: Tune in next week for another episode of Leading Ladies of Montana Real
2: Estate.